Have your Bibles, we're going to turn to John chapter 20. If you don't, you can just listen to the reading of God's Word tonight. John chapter 20, and uh, we're just going to, for a few moments, just preach on this subject from fear to victory, from fear to victory. And you might have come in uh, to this place tonight and you're filled with fear for many different reasons, but you can leave here tonight with victory in your heart by knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, from fear to victory. Amen. John chapter 20, we're going to pray. Amen. Father, in thy name, we just ask for your help tonight. We pray that the Holy Spirit would move among us, that you would speak to hearts tonight. Lord, you know every head that's bowed in your presence. Lord, we thank you tonight that you know every heart, every thought. Lord, you see and hear every cry. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would move in this meeting, that you would lift the scales from eyes. Lord, that you would unstop deaf and ears. Lord, tonight that you would move to the salvation of souls. You would save in this room, for that is why you came. Lord, you're not willing that any should perish. Lord, you died for all men, all women, all young people, all boys and girls. Tonight, Lord, shut us in with yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 20. This reading here in John chapter 20 is taken uh, from the day that Jesus rose from the grave. It's the first day. It's the resurrection day. But we're picking up the reading. It's later on in the day. It's in the evening. John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst. And he said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, and this is one of our characters that we're going to look at tonight, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. And he said unto them, this is Thomas, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. Verse 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were within. And this time Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, Thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. 
And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. I'm sure probably most people in this room have heard Thomas being mentioned over their lifespan. He's normally given a nickname, Doubting Thomas. You ever heard that expression? Personally, after this wee message, I, 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 uh, I believe it's very unkind to Thomas because it's not found in the Bible. I don't believe he was any more a doubter than the rest of the disciples. Actually, I see him completely in a different light. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, going to school, um, my dad, my mom always told me when I was going out to school, now, if there's anything that you don't understand what the teacher's saying, what did they tell me to do? I'm sure they told, ask. Is that right? Put your hand up. Now, I never did. <laughs> but that's what we're often instructed, that when you go to school and you don't understand what's being said, you were always told, and you're still told, and our kids are still told, if you don't understand what's being said, just put your hand up and ask. How many people wanted to put their hand up and ask? Not in my class anyway. Because you put your hand up and you asked, and you look as though you're a bit slow on it. So you didn't ask, and you didn't learn, and you end up like me. So you're better to ask the question. Thomas is one of those characters who wasn't afraid to ask. And thank God he did ask. He probably asked the questions, do you know what, that everybody else wanted to ask, but they didn't. Have you ever been in a group and someone's talking and sharing something and you really haven't a clue what they're saying and you'd love to ask the question and then someone does and you say, I'm so glad they asked that because I hadn't a clue what he was talking about. And so often we'll hold back and we don't put our hand up and say, could you explain that to me? What actually do you mean? Well, Thomas wasn't necessarily a doubter. He was an inquirer. He wanted to know. He was a type of person was that if he doesn't grasp what's being said or understand what's happening, Thomas was the first to say, could you tell me what you're talking about? I'd really like to know exactly what you mean. And when we look at the life of Thomas, he's not talked about often in the scripture, but we see him in a completely different light than the term that's attached to him. He's a doubting Thomas. He's actually far from it. We go back a few days just before this, 10 days previous to this encounter that we're reading about tonight, previous to the death of Christ and his resurrection on the cross. If you turn back in your Bible, we'll turn into John chapter 14. And here we find again the disciples are gathered together. The Lord Jesus Christ is explaining to them exactly what's going to happen to him, that he is going to die, that he will rise again, that they have not to be troubled about that because he will come for them. So in all of this teaching that the Lord has given, remember John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house. There are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And the Lord stopped speaking. And all the disciples were looking at the Lord. Thank God for Thomas. 
Thank God for Thomas. Why? Because Thomas, maybe in the midst of that group of all these men, saying, oh Lord, how do we know the way? And we've got one of the great verses of Scripture in John 14 and verse 6. Jesus said, what did he say? I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man cometh unto the Father, Thomas, but stream me. Thank God for Thomas. Thank God for Thomas. He brought the quest, he asked the question of the Lord, and the Lord brought the revelation for all us to know tonight. If you're looking for a way, if you're looking for an answer, if you want to know what the truth is, if you want to know what life is tonight, that life is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Thomas is one of those characters that we need in a group. He asked the questions that everyone else is thinking, but they're afraid to ask. Thank God for Thomas. On this evening, this resurrection evening, the Bible tells us in John chapter 20 that the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled together because they were afraid. They were afraid. And perhaps tonight, you know, there's someone in this room and that you've come into this house, you've come to church tonight, and in your heart you're filled with fear. Maybe you've got news that isn't good news. Maybe your life is in such a place where just day by day you live in a place of fear. You're fearful of what you see. You're fearful of what's happened to you or your family. You're fearful about tomorrow. You're fearful about life. Well, the disciples found themselves in this room and they were fearful. They were fearful of what had happened. They witnessed the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, his crucifixion, the one whom they followed and they loved. And now they're in this room and they were filled with fear because the Jews were out for everyone that was a follower of Jesus. And here we find them in that place of fear. But the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared unto them. And thank God tonight that those even that are filled with fear, that the Lord comes and the love of Christ, the love of God, it casts out all fear. And tonight if you've come into this house and you're filled with the fear, the fear of living, the fear of life, the fear of tomorrow. Thank God an encounter with Jesus dispels all fear. You can leave tonight not filled with fear, but filled with the victory of what Christ has done on the cross. And so we see this wonderful encounter with ten disciples. Stay with me tonight. I'm going to need you in a minute. Don't go asleep. And so in this room, we see the Lord breathes upon those ten disciples and they're wonderfully born of the Spirit of God. Their hearts are glad because they've seen the Lord. Do you know when you see Jesus, your heart is glad. Do you know with Jesus, you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. He makes you glad. I'm so glad that Jesus lifted me. The devil had me bound, but Jesus set me free. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm shouting victory because I've had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what happens to a life when you meet the Lord. And so the disciples, it tells us, were glad when they met the Lord. But remember what it says. But Thomas wasn't there. Listen, Thomas wasn't there. And so these ten disciples have this wonderful testimony. Stay with me now because I'm going to call you out in a minute. Make sure you're still alive. These disciples had ten, ten disciples had a wonderful testimony of their encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a testimony. I have met Jesus. There's more than ten testimonies in this house that have met the Lord, isn't there? Amen. Are you, have you met the Lord? 
Praise the Lord. There was 10 testimonies. So there's people here tonight that have had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and they're so glad that they met the Lord and He saved them from their sin and He's filled their hearts with joy and they're on their way to heaven and they have a testimony not written down on a bit of paper but they have a testimony in their heart of this Christ that's alive, that He sets the prisoner free, that He keeps us by His great power, that He washes us by His precious blood, that He's come that we might have life and that we might have it to the full. Have you got a testimony? Are you, have you got a test? Jeff, have you got a testimony? When were you saved? 24th of November, 2002. When did you meet the Lord, David? When did you meet the Lord, young Joshua? 2013. Praise the Lord. When did you meet the Lord, Stephen? Uh, 1989. <laughs> As you get older, you start to forget. You have to get the computer going. Brad, when did you meet the Lord? Marguerite, when did you meet the Lord? Praise the Lord. There's testimony. Sandra, when did you meet him? Tell us about it. <laughs> May 1986. Praise the Lord. Judith, did you meet the Lord? 1989. Angela, did you meet the Lord? Have you a testimony of the hour that you met Jesus? Brother David, did you meet the Lord? Where did you meet him? In the maze prison. He can meet you in the maze prison. He wasn't a prisoner. Praise the Lord. But he was a prisoner to sin. Peter, did you meet the Lord? Yes, amen. Has he set you free? Amen. Have you had an encounter with Jesus? Yes, I did. Praise the Lord. Johnny, did you meet the Lord? Yes. Has he saved you? Yes. Carl, did you meet the Lord? Yes. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to meet the Lord? Amen. Because they were glad when they met the Lord. But you're maybe sitting here tonight and there's many more. Brother Andy, did you meet the Lord? 1970, praise the Lord. We had Frank here, but no, we'll go way, way back. But when they met the Lord, it tells us that they were glad. This is what the Lord, you know, when you have an encounter, not with religion, not, not with a church denomination, not with all that we have, all, when you really meet the Lord, you're really glad. Because he changes your life. When you repent of your sin, when you turn from the life, are you fed up with the life of sin? No sin sickens you. And it destroys you and it curses your soul and it brings you to a lost eternity called hell. But Christ came into the world to save sinners. And when you meet him, he makes you glad. And there's testimonies all across this room when they encountered Jesus and he made them glad. You remember here these disciples, the ten of them, next time they're in the room they say, Thomas, We've got something to tell you. And maybe you're here, listen tonight, and you've heard all these range of testimonies. Some people were, were good living people. Some people were, were moral people. Some people were church people. Some people were drunkards. Some people were, were, were drug addicts. Some people were all those things. But the same blood, the same death, the same Christ has saved us all. And he gives that life. And so as you hear the testimonies as people stand to their feet and begin to share of how they met the Lord, then there's some sitting here tonight and you've never met the Lord. You've never encountered Him. You've never come. You might have come to church. You might have been baptized. You might have had infant sprinkling. You might have been confirmed. You might know things about God. You might sing these great songs tonight of victory. You might know all those things, but you've never had an encounter with Jesus Christ. 
And you're hearing these testimonies. Well, I hear what he said. Hear what she said. I hear him over there. Hear that young boy at the front. I hear all these different testimonies that they have met the Lord and their lives have been changed. But you have never met him. And your life is still the same. And, and in this story, this is really what happened. The disciples are saying, Thomas, Th Thomas, you're not going to believe this. He didn't. But Thomas, you will not believe this. We have met the Lord. He's alive. We've seen the nail prints in his hands. We've seen his side. And we're glad. And Thomas says, I will not believe. Unless, and listen, this is nearly, I don't know about you, about what you're like with wounds, but he said, unless I put my finger right in the, the nail print in his hand and I put my very hand thrust into the side where that spear went, I'm not going to believe. Some then at this point is the time when they say, this is Doubting Thomas. I, I don't really see it that way. Do you know what I see Thomas as? I see him as this type of character. And you meet characters, like especially probably in Ulster. They're, we're sort of this type of breed. You need to show me. I need to know the facts. I want to know the truth. Give me the detail. Put the money on the table. I want to know what you're talking about. I'm not going to be sucked in by any of this here. You know, we don't suffer fools lightly. We want to know the detail. We want to know the truth. We want to see the proof. Unless I put my finger in the very nail prints of his hand and put my hand into the side where that spear was thrust into, I'm not going to believe. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus knew all about Thomas's fears? Knew all about Thomas's apprehensions? Knew all about his inquiry? Knew everything about the questions that were in his heart. Knew everything about everything that he was thinking, everything that he said. Isn't it wonderful to know, friend, listen to me tonight. If you've never met the Lord Jesus Christ, truly met him, that he's changed your life, can I tell you something? Jesus knows every question. He knows every fear. He knows all that's going on in your heart and your mind tonight. I want to tell you something. He's interested in you. You know, we read of Thomas, and the reason why I don't see him as doubting Thomas any longer, and I don't believe he's deserving of such a title that we have given him, not the Bible. But we read of him in John chapter 11. And we see there in that great chapter when Mary and Martha come, and uh, the message is coming to the Lord, the Lord, to the Lord about one of the Lord's dear friends. His name is Lazarus. Lazarus was sick, you remember? He was. At the point of death, he was sick. He hadn't died yet. And they said, Lord, would you come? We need you to come. You're the one whom you love, he's sick. And John 11, verse 7, the disciples said to him, Lord, hold on a second. We have just left Judea. We have just left where Lazarus and Miriam Martha is. And you know what happened when we were there? The Jews sought to kill you. They sought to stone you. So actually, Lord... It might be better at this point if we reconsider whether we should go to Judea because it could be at the cost of our lives. John 11 verse 14. After Lazarus is declared unto them dead, Jesus said, I'm glad for your sakes, verse 15, that I was not there to the intent that you might believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. This is what Thomas said. Listen to the words of Thomas. He said to the disciples as he turned around, let's go with him. 
and we'll die also. Doesn't sound like a doubter to me. It sounds like a man that wants to go all the way with Jesus. Sounds like a man that really wants to live a life for the Lord. Sounds like a man that's willing to really lay down his life. But yet in all the apprehensions of life, even for young people tonight that are in this meeting, you know, when you come up through your teens and you're, you're growing up into a young man, there's a raw passion in your life to serve and to be something in life. There's this sense, there's a youth that's about us. And that's why the devil wants to destroy young people. Because of the life they give Jesus. Do you know when you get older, you're afraid to fall? Do you know when you were younger, you fell downstairs, you jumped off walls, you jumped off roofs, you'd done anything. See, at the thought of falling, you're afraid to fall because old age or getting older brings the revelation of that's sore. But when you're young, there's a rawness in youth that says, I can do this. And you know, so often, you know, just young people that are here. I see really Thomas. I don't know what age he was. I believe he was a young man, but I really see him like so many young people today. There was a rawness in his life. There was, there was this rare fire that was in him. There was a desire within him. He wanted to do something. He wanted it to be real. Do you know, we, we don't need any more half-baked Christians. If there's such a thing, I know there is, but there's no biblical thing for that, really. But unless we look at that led to see an age, but we're not in a day where we where we're looking for people to sort of just join a church or, or come to church on a Sunday or just go through the motions of religion. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you gotta deny yourself, you gotta take up your cross, follow me. It's not the day, friends, for people who are going to tick a box and just come and go and just go through the motions and up and down. Friends, this is a day to give our all to Jesus. And Thomas strikes me as a character that says, listen, I'm ready to die. Let's go with them, even though they're going to stone us. Let's go all the way with Jesus. Friends, that's the type of man that Jesus has an interest in. You know, you can really know him. Young people, you can really know him. Listen to me tonight. You can really know the Lord. You can really know him in a personal way. We read the story just as the centurion was looking up at the cross and Jesus was hanging upon it in Luke chapter 23. And he cries, certainly this was a righteous man. And all the people that came together to that site Beholding the things which were done, they smote their breasts and returned. And all his acquaintance. There's a lot of people that are acquainted with Jesus. They haven't encountered him, but they're acquainted with him. There's people in this room that are acquainted with Jesus. You know Jesus. You know who he is. You know he's the son of God. You know that he died on the cross. You know that he rose again. You know that he's at the right hand of the Father. You know that one day he's coming back again. You're acquainted with him, but you don't know him. And it tells us here in Luke chapter 23 that all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee, they stood, they stood afar off. They stood afar off. And you know, there's people in this room tonight 
You have an acquaintance with the Lord, but you're standing afar off, particularly young people. You're standing afar off. You hear about the Lord. You've been brought up through Sunday school. You've gone to the Lighthouse Club. You come along to church. You enjoy the fellowship. You enjoy the things that go with that. You understand it and you know it. But listen, in the depths of your heart tonight, it's not enough just to know about Jesus. You must come to know him as your Lord and your Savior. And yet Jesus sees them. You're not in, but you're watching. And Jesus knows. Now eight days after this initial encounter in John 20, eight days again the disciples were within. But this time, this time Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus. Listen to me tonight. This is wonderful because the Lord's so personal and he's so individual. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then he turned to Thomas. And I want you to listen to me tonight. If you're not saved, if you, many I call to give testimony about meeting the Lord, but if you're here tonight and you're not saved, it's so personal. It's so individual. He came to that room. He didn't come to throw Thomas out of the room, but he came to bring a message to Thomas and reveal to Thomas the cry and the answer that was calling out from the depths of Thomas's heart. Thomas, I've come specifically for you. Can I tell you, friend, tonight, Jesus is in this room specifically for you. He knows your name. He has heard your cry. He has seen your brokenness. He knows your fears. And he's come among us tonight. Thomas, he said, reach your finger. Reach your finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. You know, it reminds us just as that soldier lifted that spear, as Christ is on that cross, and he thrust that spear up into the very heart of Jesus. And there Thomas, as the resurrected Christ is standing before him, is permitted to reach forth his hand. You know the ironic thing, and again, this is not in the Bible, but it is, it is of legend that it is said of Thomas that Thomas died a martyr in India. There's literally thousands upon thousands of Indians that are called Tomo after Thomas. He went as far as India preaching the gospel and he died by being speared. Here he stands in that room and he puts his hand into the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a revelation! What a truth. And Thomas, as he steps back and the Lord says to him, Thomas, don't be faithless, but believe. And Thomas answered and said unto him, I want to tell you, friends, what came out of the mouth of Thomas is probably one of the most profound revelations concerning the person of Jesus Christ in all of Scripture. 
For a Jewish man to declare such words, they weren't even allowed to mention the name of God. But so overcome and the revelation of who was standing before him so gripped the heart of Thomas. Thomas cried out and said, My Lord and my God. I want to tell you, friends, that is a profound revelation. This is the absolute core and the fundamental truth of everything of Christianity. Who is Jesus? Who is he? What do you think? What do you think Jesus is? Who do you think Jesus is? It's more than the 25th of December. Actually, could I tell you, it's nothing to do with the 25th of December. It's more than rolling eggs. Let me tell you, it's nothing to do with eggs. Who is this Christ? Thomas's revelation, my Lord, found over 600 times in the Old Testament in reference to God, my Lord, my Master, and you are my God. Jesus, fully man and fully God. You might say, well, that's great. What does that really mean? Who do men say that I am? Who is this Christ? Really, who is Jesus? You see, this is the core of it all. Because determining on who he is according to his word is absolutely crucial. We're living in a day where we're surrounded with many ideas of who Jesus is. We're living in a day where there are many cults, many false religions, many false Christs, many false ideas, many deceptions of who Jesus is. You'll find the Mormons on our streets. The founder of the Mormons is Joseph Smith. They say that Jesus and Satan are spirit brothers and the sons of God. That's not Jesus. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You'll find the Jehovah Witnesses often knock on your door. Very sincere people, very nice people, very calm people, very determined people, very committed people. But the Jehovah Witnesses say that Jesus is not God. He never claimed to be God. Rather, from Scripture, Jesus is Michael the Archangel. Just bring them to this Scripture the next time you meet them. Islam tells us, the founder of Islam, Muhammad, tells us that Jesus is a prophet from Allah. He did not die on the cross for our sins and he is not the Son of God. And yet we have so much more deception in many of our denominations today, even Protestant denominations and in the Roman Catholic denomination that tell us that yes, Jesus is God's Son. Yes, he died on the cross. Yes, he was buried. And yes, he rose again. But you can be saved not by Jesus alone, just by being good. And that's another false Jesus. I'm glad Thomas put his hand up and asked a question. I'm glad Thomas got the revelation. He's my Lord. And praise God, he is my God. Jesus said in the last days, and we're in the last days, Matthew 24 and 24, there shall arise false Christs, false prophets. They'll show great signs and wonders inasmuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive even the very elect. Peter says 
And 2 Peter 2 and 1, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily will bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Jesus said unto Thomas, Thomas, you have seen me, and you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet they believe. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things that we have read, they're written. And this is the reason why they're written. That ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, he's the Son of God, and by believing, ye might have life through his name. I wonder, is there a, Thomas character here tonight a Thomas character I wonder if there's someone here tonight that there's fears and you've heard the testimonies and you want it to be real you want it to, you want it to be all you don't want it just to be something that lasts the night and then it's back to let me tell you something friends if the sun will make you free you'll be free indeed if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, everything becomes new. If you're genuinely sincere and real that you want to leave here tonight with your life changed, with the life of God, Jesus has heard your cry, knows your inquiry, knows the concerns of your heart. But tonight, if you're willing to give him your life and give him your all, truly repent of everything of your sin and yourself, and put your faith in Jesus Christ. You can leave here not filled with fear, but filled with the victory that Jesus gives. Is that you tonight, friend? Don't leave here until you've met with him. Because you can meet with him like the way many in this room have testified of that encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together tonight. Amen.